blind Chinese activist escapes by scaling a wall. America keeps getting fatter. Nicholas Sarkozy loses French election. Can a spray get you drunk? Which candidate is politicizing Bin Laden's death more? Mexican presidential debate gets sexy. Can dolphins do heroin? Did the Obama administration change its stance on gay marriage? Can getting mugged make you great at math? Plus Twitter answers and the thunder round. All this and more during the... Last week on Earth with Bentley. I will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. You ever get hypnotized by your own theme song? feel a little hypnotized, mesmerized by it sometimes. When I'm lulled into the beginning of the show with the 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 dulcet tones. I don't even know what dulcet tones means, but the dulcet tones created by Ben Morrison, funny comedian, who just created the theme song as a favor to me. We've talked about this before. Um it's good to talk to all of you guys. Also, to talk to all of you guys, you know what I mean. Um Listen to the Kim Kardashian clip in that intro right now. Oh, my God, you guys. Listen up. And I feel, listen, Kim, she's not a bad person. She's not an intellectual giant. As far as the the giants of intellectualism go, she's just not one of them. But she seems like a sweetheart, you know? I don't want to malign her too terribly. Uh, we're brought to you this week by Anger. Yeah, we're sponsoring a podcast. You have an issue with that? Why can't we sponsor? Oh, we can't sponsor a podcast? So thanks for sponsoring me, guys. Um, I had an interesting week. It was a huge news week, so we'll get into it in a second. But I had a crazy week, or weekend more specifically. I was in Las Vegas, like I told you all, at the Paris Hotel and Casino, co-headlining with Arden Marine from Mad TV and Chelsea Lately. And we had a lot of fun, great shows, overall awesome weekend. But... Saturday night was a super moon. Biggest moon of the year. Also was the Floyd Mayweather fight, which we'll talk more about in the Thunder Round. And during our last show, uh, these two old people in the front, elderly of sorts, were in the front row, not enjoying themselves. The whole show weren't, weren't liking it. And I hit the stage, and they were not liking me. And... Uh, it was not a very well attended show. Normally, you know, my shows are pretty well attended, but this one, you know, we were competing with the giant fight and it was Cinco de Mayo and we just didn't have a great sized crowd. These guys were upset. They bought VIP tickets in the front row and they just were heckling. I don't get heckled often. So I usually heckle the crowd myself. Um, but these guys started heckling me. So I'm talking to them 
And it was the wrestler crowd was laughing, but these guys were not having it. So at one point they suddenly get up to leave. And they they leave in the room. And uh the one guy, the first guy leaves Vietnam vet, um, showing some signs of non normalcy, leaves the room. I didn't realize his buddy hadn't left yet, so I started talking shit about his buddy. By the two of them, and he's, I see the buddy still in the back of the room, circling back and forth, pacing like a shark. And so I was like, hey, you're still here. Um, you realize you can, uh, uh, and I was like, don't say leave. He'll be pissed. I'm like, you can sit back down if you'd like. You bought a ticket. We'd love to have you. He goes, he goes, I will if I hear something funny. And I was like, oh, you haven't heard anything funny, sir? The whole crowd's been laughing for an hour already. You haven't heard anything. Not one thing funny. And he's like, nothing intellectual. Nothing intellectual. The guy had already said previously he's a brain doctor. So I was like, oh, oh, you want intellectual humor? Then come over here and I'll show you my dick. Now I shouldn't have said that. It wasn't the most intellectual response, but I thought that was the humor of it. And the guy was just annoying me. I said something kind of stupid and juvenile, but this set him off. He comes up to me right at the stage. He's like, show me your dick then. And I was like, I was kidding, sir. He's like, show me your dick. You said it. Show me your dick. And I'm like, sir, I'm not going to show you my dick. I would get arrested. And uh, you'd be too impressed to continue living. Uh, and uh, he's like, yeah, you're not going to show it to me because it's tiny. And he's literally in my face. And he's got it. And he's like, look at you. You're intimidated right now. You're intimidated by me. And security is holding him back. This elderly man is in my face. I started to get so angry. I started doing a Jack Nicholson impression. To, so I had an excuse to scream at him. Because you can be very angry doing a Ted Nicholson impression. But I figured it was still kind of Vegasy and an impression. So I was like, oh, is that what you want? You can't handle the truth. And uh, it was random. And then uh, the guy's like, show me your dick. I'm like, show me your brain, brain doctor. You show me your brain, I'll show you my dick. We had this very strange argument. Eventually got kicked out by security. And I uh, explained to the crowd, that's not how fights normally go. Uh, fights normally don't involve a man shouting at you. I'm going to kick your ass, but also show me your dick. That's an unusual way for a fight to go down. But Supermoon, people act crazy during the Supermoon. And our Twitter answers later on today will also be surrounding this showdown I had. The night got weirder. Show ends. I started having a few drinks, decompress from that craziness. End of the night, I go back to my hotel, back to the Paris. I'm walking through and I see Rick Ross, rap superstar Rick Ross, walking through the hotel. I walk up right up to him and I go, Hey man, you did, um, the Chelsea round table once, right? He's like, he looks kind of like drugged out, but he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm on Chelsea all the time, man. Mind if I get a picture? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Come on. He's following me. Yeah. So I'm following him and I get the camera on his buddies and he won't stop. He just will not pause for one second. And everyone in the casino is approaching him and they're, they're saying, Oh, what's up, man? Hey, hugging him. And people are like, and I keep saying, yo, Rick, is it cool if I just get a picture? Kind of. Real quick, real quick, get a photo. He's like, yeah, yeah, but he will not stop. And I'm telling his buddy, hey, things right now, just snap it now. And his buddy's like, no, the man don't want to take a picture right now. The man don't want to take a picture right now. Just, just keep walking out here. Walk out to the valet, and then, and I say, Rick, you think we get that picture now? And he's like, yeah, yeah, over there, over there, points to the valet, and um, starts talking to all kinds of other people. This woman walks up to me, like pretends to, like he's about to punch her, but then he doesn't punch her. I was like, what was that move? That's a strange, aggressive move for Rick Ross. And, um, so then I kind of back off and get my camera back, my phone back from the guy in his entourage. 
and I'm waiting by the valet, and I'm like starting to think, I don't really want a picture of this guy who almost punched a woman, and um, and then somebody else comes up to him, and I overhear this this happen. Shug, Shug, these people don't think it's you, man, but I know Suge Knight when I see Suge Knight. He's like, everybody knows me, man. So it was Suge Knight, who looks a little like Rick Ross, but Rick Ross is a lot fatter. So I called this man who's been in prison many times for assault and battery and 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 robbery, has been uh, suspected in murders. I called him a fat version of himself. I called him Rick to his face five times, and he was definitely trying to lure me out to the valet to shove me into his car to murder me, probably. And um, I survived. But I was calling Suge Knight Rick Ross to his face 17 times. So that was frightening. In retrospect, Michael Phelps will retire after 2012 Olympics in London this summer. Um, U.S. swimmer Michael Phelps said he'll make one more push in the pool at the Olympics in London this summer. But then he's hanging up his Speedo. Bad image. Sorry. Bad visual image. Uh, he told Anderson Cooper in 60 Minutes on Sunday, it took him quite a time to even get back into training. You know, he's ready to go for gold again now. But if he just gets three medals during the Summer Olympics, he'll be able to retire as the athlete with the most Olympic career medals. His mom, Debbie, Debbie Phelps, wishes he would go to Rio de Janeiro in 2016 because she wants to travel there. Just buy your mom a ticket to Rio de Janeiro. Phelps, multimillionaire. Buy her a ticket to Rio, or at least rent her Rio, the animated spectacular. Uh, he's 26 years old. He's gonna retire 26 years old. Um, young, young son of a bitch. Keep swimming, man. Swim till you're 60. Swim till they don't let you swim anymore. Swim till you can't win a bronze. You arrogant son of a bitch. He'd say he took a trip to Vegas, lounged around the house for a while, played video games, did anything to distract himself from the pool. Yeah, cause your whole life was being an amphibian person. Swimming underground. It was hard, quote, because I didn't know if the passion or the fire was still inside of me, he told Cooper. And it took a while for me to actually realize it myself. Bob couldn't tell me, his trainer. My mom couldn't tell me. They couldn't help me find it. But he found it, he says. And is training harder than ever. He, in fact, now even sleeps to prepare for the Olympics and increases endurance. He sleeps in a chamber that simulates altitudes of 9,000 feet. He sleeps in an oxygen deprivation tank. A la Michael Jackson. Phelps getting strange. Can't wait for Phelps' new Subway commercial to come out. I'm Michael Phelps. You ever eat baby sandwiches? Mmm. Don't act weird. Baby koala. Baby koala sandwiches. If you get a foot long, it's like two koalas in one sandwich. Be weird. Shit hitchhikers say videos released. I made with my buddy Rick Glassman, at Rick Glassman on Twitter. It's out. I'll tweet it this week. Watch it. It'll be on my YouTube channel, most likely. Um, Good news, too, for you podcast listeners to Last Week on Earth. We're number one on Stitcher, the Stitcher radio app, the most popular app people use to listen to podcasts on their smartphones. We are number one in the top comedy rankings. It's pretty ridiculous. It's amazing. I'm excited. Follow them at Stitcher Radio on Twitter. Uh, thank you for all your nice comments about my parents' podcast last week. Y'all love to hear my parents. I wanted to book them. I wasn't sure how you guys would receive them. A lot of you said it was your favorite episode ever. Asked them to come back. I'll have them back. 
Uh, thanks for enjoying that. I'll be on Chelsea May 23rd at the Silver Lake Jubilee May 26th in California and Comedy Juice tonight May 9th with Brett Ernst, Brian Callen, Owen Benjamin tickets at laughstub.com. Gingrich drops out just after the correspondence dinner. Did we see that coming after Obama slammed him? I saw it coming. He realized it was over. Drops out just a couple days later. Tepidly endorses Mitt Romney. He said, "Well, yeah, I support Mitt Romney if it's, a, it's po- as, as opposed to Obama." Well, yeah, obviously it's not really kind words for your robotic friend, but fine, do what you got to do, dog. Sad news this last week: the Beastie Boys, Adam Yowth, MCA, died of his battle with cancer. Uh, they hit the scene 1986 with their album License to Ill. Hit the top of the Billboard 200 charts. It was the first hip-hop album ever to achieve that milestone. And it changed rap at that moment. Changed music history. Brought it into the mainstream. And their single, You've Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party, uh, they introduced hip-hop really to the United States in a mainstream way. Three white Jewish boys from New York. As a white Jewish boy myself, who enjoys rapping on that occasion, it's especially meaningful. They really revolutionized pop music, influenced generations to come. Um, but he was also a practicing Buddhist who worked extensively on behalf of Tibet's oppressed Buddhist population. He was instrumental in organizing the Tibetan freedom concerts between 96 and 01, featuring acts like U2 and Radiohead and Run DMC. And PopMatter.com wrote that any remembrance of Yaush has to focus on the more spiritual lines he wrote, as on 1998's Intergalactic, where he perfectly described himself with well, I got to keep it going, keep it going full steam. Too sweet to be sour, too nice to be mean. I'm the tough guy style, I'm not too keen. To try to change the world, I will plot and scheme. Um, Maybe I'll play that for you later on, sung by the actual artists themselves, and not butchering it the way I do. Um, His passion's most apparent, according to Pop Matter, in the song poem Namaste, which ends the band's 1992 album, Check your head. A Zen ode to living in which Yaush acknowledges, quote, writing on a thought to see where it's from, gliding through a memory of a time yet to come. That's nice. He'll be missed. The Obama campaign kicks off. This week it kicked off, but really a month ago. But he officially started in, in Ohio on Saturday. Uh, big pomp and circumstance. Is Obama getting his mojo back? Let's take a listen to this audio clip from the intro of Meet the Press from this Sunday. Obama, back on the campaign trail. We are still fired up. We are still ready to go. And we are going to remind the world once more just why it is that the United States of America is the greatest nation on earth. Wow, wow, that was good. Obama, how does he turn it on the second the campaign starts? Fired up, man. Second, it's not actual governing. He's very amped about the speeches. We're now obviously going to see six months of amazingly inspiring, fired-up speeches and huge, enormous crowds. Why can't he do that when he's president? How come when he's president, he's like, whoa, I know. Oh, it's difficult to get things done, but the Republicans are difficult. It's the campaign show. He's like, what we're going to do? We're going to take it to the next level. He should do all of his governing with huge crowds. He should invite, like, thousands of people to be on the White House lawn. He should just sit at a desk and do his, his Oval Office work 
on the lawn in front of large crowds. More would get done, I'm sure of it. Um, you know, it's very interesting also because Vice President Joe Biden was the guest on Meet the Press this week. And I'm going to play you a few clips of Biden because he, you know, we rarely get to hear from him. And he was actually very eloquent with also having several strange language gaffes on Meet the Press. Um, first, he was asked by David Gregory if it annoys him that people say Obama should have chosen Hillary instead of him to be his running mate, and it would be a shoe-in to win the election. Does it annoy you? Democrats. Has it annoyed you that there's been all of this buzz about, well, if the president would put in Secretary Clinton, you know, he'd be a shoe-in for re-election if he would just make that switch? The thing that annoys me about it is the implication of that, that somehow President Clinton is weak and he needs some kind of help. I mean, President Obama, uh, President Obama is weak. Um, that's not directed at me, It's uh, and it's unfair. I think, look, we got the strongest candidate in every presidential race, David, it's the only race in which the public demands one threshold test be met. Is the individual strong? And is their character consistent with what they say they'll do? Does their character strong enough to say they'll do it? And we got the best candidate, man. And he, this guy is a backbone like a ramrod. This, I think we're just, I think we have clearly the best candidate. Yeah, he's got a backbone like a ramrod, man. He's a, he's, President Clinton's the best, man. Uh, Obama, which one? Obama's the best. He's the he's the right guy. Uh, so he stumbled a little bit there, but I think the point about the presidency is the one place that we actually look for a leader with integrity. I think that's generally very true. And um, David Gregory then asked him, "Will the election be close?" I really liked uh, 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 Clinton's by by oh, oh Biden Biden Biden's answer to that question. Any team can beat any other team in any given day, but uh, they're going to need a better game plan than the one they have now about how they're going to restore the economy by removing by going back to uh, um, to the policies the previous eight years. They're going to need a better social policy than taking the social policy back to the 50s, and they're going to need a better foreign policy than uh, than one that says the Cold War's still going on. I mean, it's just uh, uh, in, in my view anyway. In my view anyway. Uh that's uh that was great that's a great way to encapsulate really what i think is wrong also with the republicans whole platform this year they really are trying to roll back women's rights back to the 1950s they're trying to make it seem like russia's our big enemy which has not been a significant enemy of ours in quite some time and uh trying to go back to failed economic policies from the george w bush years that put us into a gigantic mess that's a pretty clear black and white way to draw the distinction coming into this election so let's then take one more example of how i think rare uh biden spoke on this meet the press um he was asked by david gregory the following question look how directly he answers very unusual for a politician if you win re-election is your is your position that's it we're not going to compromise on taxes rates are going to go up for wealthier americans period yes yeah. Yes, they are. We're going to raise taxes. Absolutely. That's a ballsy. That is a ballsy during the, the election campaign to say taxes are going up for the rich. Cause that's, there's, that's their platform and he's not pussyfooting around the issue. And I enjoy saying pussyfoot kind of. It's a weird word. It's a very strange word. The topic change on that meet the press. I was obsessed with Biden this week. I'm sorry for all the clips, but we got two more coming at you. Um, he was asked about gay marriage and if his st- stance has evolved. He said it has evolved. Listen to this very eloquent, kind of beautiful clip from the vice president about gay marriage. 
the good news is that as more and more Americans be, come to understand what this is all about is a simple proposition. Who do you love? Who do you love? And will you be loyal to the person you love? And that's what people are finding out is what, what all marriages at their root are about. Whether they're marriages of lesbians or gay men or heterosexuals. It's all about who you love. Nicely said, Biden. Uh, he then went on to literally say that he thinks will and grace has done more to educate the American public more than anything anyone has ever done. Uh, might be strongly phrased, but I guess it is true. He went on, his point was that, uh, things really change when the social culture begins to change. And it is true that, that gay characters have become more accepted in the mainstream. Um, and then he said this last thing about addressing a gay crowd and, um, We'll uh, we'll play this clip, and I might pause you in the middle of of this clip. I, I was was speaking to a group of gay leaders in in Los Angeles uh, last two two weeks ago, and one gentleman looked at me in the question period and said, "Let me ask you, how do you feel about us?" And I had just walked into the back door of this gay couple, and there were their two adopted children. Uh, I think I don't think he meant to phrase it particularly like that. He walked into the back door of this gay couple. Um, maybe that's just me that, that, uh, noticed him speak that way. Anyway, here's the rest of the clip. And I turned to the man who owned the house. I said, what did I do when I walked in? He said, you walked right to my children. They were seven and five giving you flowers. And I said, I wish every American could see the look of love those kids had in their eyes for you guys. And they wouldn't have any doubt about what this is about. So very interesting. He comes out strongly saying he's comfortable with gay marriage. The Obama administration, White House spokesman Jay Carney immediately had to, had to, you know, backtrack and say that's his own opinion. He wasn't, he wasn't speaking about an administration policy change. Um, but it looks like it's a signal to the gay community in the second term they will be backing gay marriage. It looks like that's what they're trying to do. And how the Republicans handle gay issues this week. Well, Romney's gay spokesman had to resign. Um, Romney may have been cool with his foreign policy spokesman being openly gay. But a lot of conservatives were not, and they were vocal about it, and made Richard Grinnell resign from the Romney campaign not long after he got hired. The guy had to announce his departure in a statement saying, quote, while I welcome the challenge to confront President Obama's foreign policy failures and weak leadership on the world stage, my ability to speak clearly and forcefully on the issues has been greatly diminished by the hyper-partisan discussion of personal issues that sometimes comes from a presidential campaign. Um... That's what you get, buddy, for being an openly gay man and supporting the Republican Party, which does not support you. And vehemently fighting for a party that does not like you. Party that hates you. You're going to keep on, well, Obama's weak on foreign policy. Really? He killed bin Laden. We'll get to that in a second. Then Obama gets accused of treason during a Romney campaign event. Romney lets it stand. Very awkward moment at Romney's town hall event in Cleveland, Ohio on Monday when... An audience member, while asking him a question, asserted that Barack Obama should be tried for treason. Romney remained silent for the rest of the question and answer session on that topic. She said, quote, we have a president right now operating outside the structure of our Constitution. And I want to know, yeah, I do agree you should be tried for treason, but I want to know what you would do to restore the balance between the three branches of government. Romney responds, well, as I'm sure you do, I happen to believe the Constitution was not just brilliant, 
They're probably inspired. Way to dodge the, dodge the bullet in that scenario, my friend. After the event on CNN, Romney was asked about the incident and said, quote, I don't correct all of the questions that get asked of me. Obviously, I don't agree that he should be tried. That's Snyder right there, too. He shouldn't be tried for treason. He might be treasonous. But he, they, they shouldn't try him. Let it slide. What is he treasonous for? The man's a good president. Trying hard. Come on. Run an honest campaign. And instead of running an honest campaign, things got more politicized. As uh, Romney tries to pull an impressive public event on the one-year anniversary of bin Laden's death by delivering pizzas to New York firefighters with Rudy Giuliani. And Obama way outdoes that by secretly flying to Afghanistan, signing a historic agreement to officially end the war, coming up soon, and speaking to the nation live from Afghanistan. Damn, you got owned, Romney. Have a great lunch with Rudolph. Outside of the firehouse, Romney said it was inappropriate for Obama to politicize killing bin Laden and to use it to draw a distinction between himself and Obama. Are you kidding? Romney said, and I quote, in 2007, it's not worth moving heaven and earth and spending billions of dollars just trying to catch one person. So, Millard Romney, are you not politicizing it by saying that? Are you not politicizing it by standing outside of a firehouse and delivering them pizzas? What on earth did you have to do with killing bin Laden? Obama killed the guy, so he can't mention it. He can't say that your statements say you might not have done that, but you can bring pizza to friends of the victims standing outside a courthouse criticizing Obama. That's politicizing it. The agreement that Presidents Obama and Hamid Karzai of Afghanistan signed in Kabul commits the U.S. to a 10-year security partnership with Afghanistan that will run to at least 2024 after the American and other NATO combat troops turned the fight over against the Taliban and Al-Qaeda to Afghan security forces in 2014. America will continue to provide expertise, funds, and military assistance to the Afghans. And in return, Afghanistan will provide the U.S. with the use of its military bases to carry out counter-terrorist missions in the region. Neither side is saying those missions, including drone attacks, will be in Pakistan. But who are we kidding? It's going to be mostly in Pakistan. Pakistan can't or won't or does not want to stop harboring terrorists. So we're going to drop mad drones on their heads. What's fair is fair, am I right? Quoting the Daily Beast on the situation in Pakistan, Today, three of the five terrorists on America's most wanted list live in Pakistan. Bin Laden's heir, Ayman Zawahiri, is the only one hiding. Mullah Omar, the leader of the Afghan Taliban, commutes between bases in Quetta and Karachi, where he enjoys the backing of the Pakistani Intelligence Service, the Inter-Services Intelligence Directorate, the ISI. The ISI has been his patron since the mid-90s, and a NATO study based on interrogations of 4,000 captured insurgents in Afghanistan leaked to the press concluded that senior Taliban leaders meet regularly with ISI personnel. And the ISI is thoroughly aware of Taliban activities and whereabouts of all senior Taliban personnel. So Pakistan, our supposed ally, who we have given $25 billion to in military and economic aid since 9-11, supposedly to fight al-Qaeda, knows 
where the senior Taliban personnel are. They're doing shit. I mean, literally, what on earth are we doing over there? Nobody knows why we are in Afghanistan still and what our relationship is with Pakistan. But we keep doing it. Side note, the nine-year anniversary of George W. Bush's speech aboard the USS Abraham Lincoln, where he flew in on a fighter jet, talk about politicizing the war, when we hadn't even accomplished anything yet in that war, landed it with a big banner saying, Mission Accomplished was nine years ago. And the war is still continuing. So, good job finishing the war on terror nine years ago, President Bush. That's still continuing today. A new underwear bomber stopped before putting on his underwear. The CIA thwarted a plot by Al-Qaeda's affiliate in Yemen to destroy another U.S.-bound airliner using a bomb with a new design. A U.S. counterterrorism official told CBS News. They deny there was ever an immediate threat to the public, but apparently the plot involved an upgrade of the underwear bomb that failed to detonate on a jetliner over Detroit in Christmas 2009. The new bomb was also billed to be used in a passenger's underwear, but contained a more refined detonation system. I'm glad they're getting more refined. These uncivilized detonation systems are really a problem. And how much do these Al-Qaeda guys hate their private parts? All they want to do is blow up their private parts. Just scotch tape the explosives to your evil bits. To your naughty bits. Oh, the device they recover is the hallmarks of devices used by Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, including the same explosive material, PETN. The bomb was designed to avoid detection at metal detectors, but it would not have been seen in normal x-ray machines, but might have been picked up by the body scanning machines, the new ones, which would have warranted a more intrusive search, but it would have been dependent on an alert, skilled TSA agent. Okay. I get it. Listen, I feel awkward when I go through these machines and I get patted down. I've had my 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 genitals rubbed by several male security officers. One time a one-armed man um, while going through airport security. I don't like it, but I get it, guys. If it's for security, you can pat my dick. Pat down my dick if it's for security. Can we just have the option of choosing a female patter downer? Probably not good for her. I get it, but I don't want to feel like I got assaulted by a dude every time I fly. And I fly a lot. But, you know, that's the way it's got to be. That's the way it's got to be. I can live with it. Hopefully you can too. Revealing Mexican debate assistant stirs up presidential debate in Mexico. Reuters reports. Clad in a tight-fitting white dress with a cut below the neckline to show much of her cleavage, Julia Orion was working as an assistant on the televised presidential debate, focusing on the economy and the drug-related violence ravaging the country. At the start of the debate, she walked in front of the camera to hand out cards to the four candidates and created a huge online stir. Social media went nuts. Why? Her titties were out. I mean, they were big. It, was, it wasn't a low-cut shirt. There was a circle cut out of the middle. It looked like her breasts wanted to jailbreak. They wanted out of there. It was an amazing, beautiful thing. And um, I wish you could see what she wore. It's almost like her breasts were offended by having cloth on them. I mean, if the eyes are windows to the soul, 
then this dress was the window to her um, double soles. Uh, some Mexicans celebrated her appearance. She used to be a Playboy model for crying out loud. Others condemned the Federal Electoral Institute, saying it undermined the seriousness of the debate. Yeah, when you got like telenovela nudity happening during your presidential debate. I don't have a visual for you. This is an audio podcast. I do have audio from it, if that helps at all. Bastó una breve aparición al principio del encuentro para que comenzara la revolución tuitera mencionando a la sexy joven Julia Orayen y su ajustado atuendo blanco, que no dejaba mucho a la imaginación. Uh, was that helpful? Did that help, guys? Maybe if you don't speak Spanish, you'd probably at least pick up the word sexy joven, which means sexy young girl. And da 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 a la imaginación which I'm pretty certain means, and didn't leave a lot up to the imagination. Um, so if you spoke Spanish, that was a little bonus for you. It was a little Spanish bonus. Un bonus español. Um, yeah, that was exciting. Exciting story. Better with a visual. UCSD student locked up by the Drug Enforcement Agency for five days with no food or water. Now, I graduated from UC San Diego. This story hit home for me. Um... He was mistakenly locked up by federal drug officials for five days. No food or water has now filed a $20 million claim, calling his ordeal torture. Daniel Chong, 23-year-old, said the, deprivation, the deprivation of food and water for four and one-half days while handcuffed constitutes torture under international and domestic law. Apparently, Chong was taken into custody April 21st during a drug sweep by narcotics task force agents of the university city residents. He was interviewed and told he'd be sent home, but instead was left for days inside a holding cell without food, water, or bathroom. So he had to drink his own urine to survive and ate, right, right for this, ate his broken glasses during hallucinations caused by severe dehydration. He ate his own glasses? I could see myself chewing on my glasses, but consuming them? You got to be very hungry to think that is going to help. He had to spend five days in recovery in the hospital. He will now be very, very rich thanks to this torture. I would do it. Put me in a jail cell for five days if I get 20 million bones out of it. We'll see how that turns out. Arizona banned funding of Planned Parenthood. Arizona keeps getting more and more fucked up. Designed to appease anti-abortion activists, act, act, advocates or activists, Arizona Governor Jan Brewer signed into law on Friday a bill that cuts state taxpayer money for Planned Parenthood. It's already restricted in most cases in the state to fund abortion with public funds. Now it'll make sure it won't even indirectly support abortion services. But of course, Planned Parenthood says this funding will endanger its other health services, including preventive health care for close to 20,000 women. They might challenge the law. They should challenge the law because Arizona's Jan Brewer is a crazy out of control biatch. Stop her. She needs to be stopped. In like a peaceful way. Japan shut down its last nuclear plant this last week. Devastated by what happened there, they decided we're done with nuclear energy. They're over it. Every nuclear plant in the country is now shut down. They used nuclear power for 30% of their energy, but now they're off it. This is what I've been saying for a long time. Forget nuclear energy. I don't need energy that bad that we need it in a, to come from a source 
that a natural disaster comes and it leaks radiation that can kill people and defect people for generations to come. It's not worth it. Go back to candles if we got to. We don't have to go down the rabbit hole of every bad energy source forever just because something's invented. I can invent all kinds of shit. I can invent a new power generator that works on the screams of 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 of, of elderly elderly ladies. So we're going to start doing this. Look, it's a cheap energy source, guys. We got to use it. No, because it's mean to elderly ladies. French President Nicolas Sarkozy, not so cozy with French electorate because he lost that shit. He lost the election. First, there was a nasty debate Wednesday night between conservative President Sarkozy and his socialist opponent, Francois Hollande. A three-hour shouting match. The moderators looked on helplessly. They kept interrupting each other, calling each other names. Sarkozy repeatedly told Holland he would teach him lessons on economics. In another heated moment, the president burst out, That's a lie. It's a calumny. You're a little calumniator saying that. I had to look up what that word meant. Apparently it means liar. Lying with the intent of destroying someone's reputation. So we learned a new word today. I did at least. Socialist Francois Holland defeated Sarkozy 52% to 48%. In Sarkozy's concession speech, he called on the French to recognize Holland's victory, but not without a bit of a grudging tone. Recognize his victory. He's a new president, I guess. Uh, I, I suppose we should uh, rally behind him, our new quote-unquote president. I am not happy about it, but... um. C'est la vie. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a dick, Sarkozy. He was not liked by the people because he was, always had lavish parties. When he was for his inauguration party years ago, he was full of celebrities. He went on a yachting trip then for three days right after the election. Not exactly a man of the people. His wife's hot, though. Uh, Carla Bruni, actress, model, gorgeous. Gorgeous person. Um, this is the first leftist chief of state since Francois Mitterrand was president from 81 to 95. And here's the thing. Holland wants to renegotiate a hard-won European treaty on budget cuts that Germany's president Angela Merkel and Sarkozy had championed. He wants more government stimulus, more government spending, despite concerns from markets that France needs to urgently trim its debts. This election outcome could also have an impact on how long French troops stay in Afghanistan and how France exercises its military and diplomatic muscle around the world. It sounds like they just elected a white Barack Obama. So let's see if it works out better for them, if he can do all he promised, and if he can be inspiring not in campaign mode. That would be nice. Putin sworn in again in Russia, whether Russians like it or not. In, according to the New York Times, in the lustrous, vaulted throne room of the czars who came before him, Vladimir V. Putin on Monday reclaimed the Russian presidency. A 30-gun salute cracked over the eerie quiet of the city, and Russia's defense minister returned to Mr. Putin the black suitcase that contains the controls to a vast nuclear arsenal. They just hand the briefcase back and forth like it's a pinata or a $5 bill. Here is the nuclear suitcase, Mr. Putin. I don't remember the code. Damn it. Let me bang this thing. See if I can open it. Oh, no, 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 sir. Please. 
had a nuclear briefcase. Come on. Um, he also announced his return in another way. The police swept boulevards and squares, detaining anyone they saw wearing white ribbons, the symbol adopted by anti-Putin activists. Riot police and camouflage charged into cafes and restaurants, searching for protesters. In what in one spot, sending glasses flying. Once in custody, scores of young men were referred to military draft offices. Oh, that's nice. So that's the way it works. He rigs the election, takes office, and rounds up protesters. Yet then tells people in the speech, I am for you. I will work to make all of you happy. Subtext, unless you don't like everything I say, you will be thrown in jail. The problem is now that the the young people, because this man is almost 60 years old, People 30 and younger don't fear the state. They don't know the totalitarian nature of how it used to be in Russia. And they're rising up. He's going to have to deal with that shit. And he immediately fulfilled his promise to Medvedev, his predecessor, by recommending him to parliament to be the next prime minister. So those two just keep ping-ponging back and forth. Activists escape complicates U.S.-China talks. The USA Today reports. You may have heard the news this week. The escape of a persecuted Chinese activist from house arrest and reportedly into the U.S. Embassy in Beijing came just as Hillary Clinton and Timothy Geithner were heading to Beijing to meet with their Chinese counterparts last week to discuss boosting ties between our two countries. The man's name is Chen Guangcheng. He's blind. He exposed forced abortions and sterilizations in China as a result of their one-child policy. He was kept in house arrest for many years. He escaped last week by scaling a wall and running several blocks to a getaway car. The man is blind. How the F do you scale a wall and run many blocks while blind? I haven't run many blocks in years, and then you have to scale a wall, and I have my eyesight. So that is very impressive, I got to say. Um, democracy activists and some Republicans like Mitt Romney called on Obama to stand up for him before moving on to the other issues, how to improve our relations. Um, Obama's counterterrorism advisor, John Brennan, told Fox News Sunday, I think in all instances, the president tries to balance our commitment to human rights, but also that we can continue to carry out our relationships with key countries overseas. This is an interesting question about it. It's like, how do we reconcile having such dichotomies in our foreign policy? We deal with huge countries we have to deal with, but they're human rights abusers. They don't treat people right. We have to like kind of be like, oh, please don't do that. But we need your money. So do whatever you want to do. But please, well, in this case, it seems like we actually got the upper hand because China was embarrassed by this guy escaping. They didn't want to turn into a bigger thing. So apparently they agreed to let him come to the U.S. with his family and study here. They apparently like beat up his wife while he was in a hospital, used the embassy for a while. He said he didn't want to leave China. Now he does want to leave China. Yeah, because they're beating up your family. So China supposedly is going to let him go. New York University offered him a fellowship. Um, and so if it gets approved, hopefully China lets him and his family go. And it'll be all good. He can do blind runs here. He can run, run blind here in America. Because it was embarrassing for Hillary Clinton for a minute. This is a big example of her so far very well-proven track record as Secretary of State. And then she made a deal, and then he changed his mind. They had to make another deal. Hopefully they just let him go. Syrian forces fire on thousands. Forces loyal to President Bashar al-Assad train their guns on thousands of protesters Friday 
as Syrians demonstrated for regime change once again. They killed a teenager. The shooting took place one day after a government raid on a university in Aleppo in which four students lost their lives. The Friday protests came as patience among the Syrian opposition is wearing thin for the United Nations mission in the country. Uh, yeah, they put a ceasefire in place that lasted three days and then they keep shooting everybody again. That's not how ceasefires go. Here's how ceasefires go. We're not going to fire anymore because the firing has ceased in the cease of the fire. You can come out now and go buy some bread or go to the movies or whatever. They do not go like this. Come on out now. You are free to come out now. I was just only joking about saying you could come out because you cannot. I will shoot if you come out. This ceasefire is bullshit. So that's the update there. Female teacher pulled 16-year-old student out of class to have sex in a school closet. Casey Christine Wilson, 28-year-old former teacher at Areola High School. uh, I'm sorry, at Osceola High School in Kissimmee, Florida. That is the actual town name. Kissimmee, Florida. Is being accused of pulling a 16-year-old student out of class and leading him to a closet to have sex. Um, she claimed he had left something in her classroom, pulled him out of class. Then he came in her room and he pulled her, she pulled him in, he pulled him into the closet. Um, and she also, uh, let me say this. Is it too late to give her the teacher of the year award? And she's cute. She's like very milfy situation. Here's the thing. I don't really, I don't really mean that the kid was underage. He was 16. And if it were a male teacher and a female student, definitely not cool because males can be aggressor sexually. But hot female teacher. Taking sixty, I'll just let me just say it this way: If it was me, that teacher would have gotten apples on her desk every day for the rest of the school year, and and by apples on her desk, I mean sex on her desk. I call sex apples in this scenario. That would have been a dream come true. Oh man, are people freaked about the possible end of the world? You bet they are. Nearly fifteen percent of people worldwide believe the world will end during their lifetime, and 10% think the Mayan calendar could signify it'll happen this year, 2012. Um, the Mayan calendar is supposed to end December 21st, 2012. Our podcast called Last Week on Earth, I've been wrong 25 times in a row so far. Yes, this is our 25th episode. That is pretty exciting. But um, I've been wrong every time. The world has not ended each week during the last week. Um. But whether they think it'll come to an end of the world through the hands of God or natural disaster or a political event, whatever the reason, one in seven thinks the end of the world is coming, said Karen Gottfried, research manager at Ipsos Global Public Affairs, did the poll for Reuters. Apparently, people with lower education or household income levels, as well as those under 35 years old, were more likely to believe in an apocalypse during their lifetime or in 2012 or have anxiety over it. Yes, People with less education and income and young people, they have less money and therefore less skills to build an underground escape tunnel to their secret safe bunker. If I had an underground secret safe bunker, I'd be less scared too. I don't have the money for that, nor do I have access to one. I do have in my car a nuclear war kit ready to go. Four days, food, water, supplies, and an extra one in my apartment. Am I paranoid? I don't give a shit. When shit goes down, I got water and pouches and a miniature stove that you put a little citron candle under it 
and poorly cooked food that will taste horrible. But I live. I'm gonna, I'm gonna live forever. Fame! I don't even know if I combined two songs there. Anyway, America keeps getting fatter. Drawing on new government data, Duke University researchers predict that by the year 2030, the rate of severely obese Americans, people 100 pounds over the recommended weight for their body size and type, will have doubled to 11% of the population. Over the same time period, they estimate the number of Americans who are just plain obese will jump to 42% of the population. Almost half are going to be obese. Health problems like diabetes and heart disease will continue to plague American health care costs. I'm not surprised. I was just in Vegas. I'm sort of skinny, but really stealth fat. Like, you take off my shirt. I got, you know, some fat hiding, believe me. I had buffets. I was with Arden Marine, skinny young girl. She was eating buffets like a storm. She couldn't convince me to go out to all the buffets she was going to. We did go to one dinner buffet together. She's a tiny girl. Had a lot of food, probably five plates of food. I had like 17 plates of food. She was sitting there watching me eat the rest of it. We were lost in overindulging food conversation. I look suddenly at the clock, and our show is in 10 minutes at a different hotel on the Strip. We literally tip, leave tip on the table, get up, and start sprinting through the hotel. Well, she hadn't been eating for the last 25 minutes. I was scarfing down huge amounts of food. So I'm trying, like a fat baseball manager, to slog after her. We're running through the casino. She's way ahead of me because I can barely keep up. And several people stared at me funny because it looked very much like I was trying to chase her down. She was frantically running away from me and I was chasing her down. My point is, we're fat in this country. We eat a shitload. We got to change our eating habits. Calorie restriction diet or less refined sugars or both. Less grains, less carbs, something. A judge gets caught sexting a married employee. And has an unusual response. A woman in, in Detroit received an unsolicited and not appreciated half-naked photo of her boss via text message. Her boss, Wade McCree, a Detroit Third Circuit Court judge, apparently sent this naked from like the waist up photo to his married court bailiff. She told news outlets, and the Fox affiliate sent a reporter to talk to the judge about her claim. He couldn't really deny it. The photo was clearly him, head to waist. But it was a pretty interesting response that went viral this week when asked if it was him. Hot dog. Yep, that's me. Yeah, no, shoot, no, no shame in my game. I see. I ain't talking to nobody else's wife. Shoot. Tastefully cropped, they might add. Well, thank you. Thank you. See? Well, thank you. You can you. almost get... Thank you. I was tastefully cropped. Thank you. Ain't no shame to my game. Well, she is married, first of all. That was the most amazing, brazen... So then the reporter asked him a very good follow-up question, and his answer was even better than that. So no other women would send me this? You haven't sent it out to anyone else? Oh, yeah, I've sent that out to other women, sure. And that's all right with your wife? Yes, you know what I mean? There's nothing nude about it. I'm in no more clothes than I'll be at the Y this afternoon when I swim my mile. The husband is filing... this, This is how you diffuse a political scandal, okay? This is how you do it. Nicely done, Your Honor. Not the sexting, the owning it, man. Kudos. This thing's not going to be an issue now. 
because you're not lying about it. I mean, not cool action, sending half-nude pictures while you're married to other married people, but at least own your shit. Own your shit's all I'm saying, guys. You know what I think it's time for? It's time for Twitter answers. This week's hashtag last week on earth question. Tell me about a fight you've been in or someone tried to start with you over something crazy or stupid. A lot of interesting answers. At Bowers Comedy, actually a friend of mine, replied on Twitter saying, A fist fight in the back seat of a car at 70 miles per hour with my best friend. He threw my Greek's pizza out the window because I called him a pussy. He was whining about a girl. I called him a pussy. He threw my whole pizza out the window, so I punched him in the face. Now, especially sad because Greek's pizza in Indianapolis is delicious. Bowers took me there, so that's a bummer. At Captain Jim Starr said, Twitter fights excluded? Most fights are started by people who didn't sign the don't be a dick pledge. Never any real reasons. So true, Jim. Thank you, Captain. You can sign don't be a dick pledge at tinyurl.com slash don't be a dick pledge. At Alana Doe said lemonade or iced tea. Relationship ended over this one. Bitches be cray. I like my lemonade. Some people like their blow. That is true, Alana. Some people do like their blow. And when they're in the middle of a blow-fueled argument, just give in, say, sure, we'll do lemonade, honey. At Huatuajalai. Huatuajalai? That's good enough. Said, I got jumped on a train in Japan. Thankfully, a petite Japanese man stepped in and stopped it. Hashtag bruised. I can't tell you. If I had a dollar every time that a petite Japanese man stepped in and saved my life, I'd have $40. That has happened to me 40 times in my life. At WWKCJD said, My buddy and I were arguing over who was in Poison Ivy. I ended up with a nice shiner. Times before Google. That's hilarious. First of all, everybody knows Poison Ivy 1, Drew Barrymore. Poison Ivy 2, I believe, Alyssa Milano. Poison Ivy 3, I believe, Jamie Presley, pre-My Name is Earl Days. Why am I so familiar with this series? Don't ask questions, guys. I just know things, okay? But it is funny. You argue about shit like that. People still sometimes don't think to Google things when they can easily just Google shit and resolve problems. Well, you'll rack your brain forever. I wonder if it's going to lead to like weaker brain recall abilities and memory abilities. The fact that we just Google everything for answer. I'm not sure. Let me Google it. It's going to Google the answer to that, guys, real quick. Um, at Olivia Marion said, argue with a friend about the necessity of violence in Roadhouse. Then I realized what film I was defending and slowly walked away. Good move. It's not really, a, it's an okay film. Not worth a fist fight, tell you that much. At Gay Tyrone, whose name is also on Twitter is Jen says what? Said, I wanted to knock my friend out for putting my laces into a cool wash in a laundrette in Zurich. Hashtag overreaction much? Yeah, I would say so. Um, when you have friends, you want to cherish the friendship. You don't want to knock them in the face for trying to do your laundry for you and then accidentally putting your delicate laces in there. Okay? Laces are not worth destroying the faces of those we love. That's a rhyme you can tell yourself when rage overtakes you Hulk style. Faces, not laces. 
faces, not laces. At Monica Bobonica one said, on a church trip, girls slapped me across the face because I was singing too loudly. By pure reaction, I slapped her back. Nice. And I can understand this one. People get slapped sometimes. So slap them back. Especially on church trips, because churches condone girl-on-girl violence. Uh, side note, Titanic 2 is going to be built. It's a little story. Titanic 2 is going to be built soon. An actual ship, the exact specifications of Titanic 1, called Titanic 2. Fifteen years after I mocked how stupid that idea would be in my short film, Titanic 2. It's officially up on YouTube now, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash So go there and watch Titanic 2 and mock this guy's idea. And again, shit hitchhikers say, out this week, also on the internets, made with that Rick Glassman. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Glebe, hashtag last week on earth. What time is it now, guys? That's right. It's time for Thunder Round. Apparently, Kashi natural cereals are not so natural after all. Their popular healthy cereal brand owned by Kellogg, but you didn't even know that fact, got into trouble this week when a grocer in Rhode Island posted a sign that they'd no longer sell it because they used the word natural, but used genetically engineered non-organic ingredients. Apparently, they use a soybean that has a gene inserted into it to protect it from herbicides that kill weeds. Uh, yeah, I would like to know when there are genetically modified foods entering my system, and don't pretend like it's totally healthy shit, when you are giving me robot food, giving me robot alien food. Tell me about that, and don't make me eat robot food while I'm slowly turned to I'm like, I wish they don't. It's still delicious, but sterile cereal. I mean, I still recommend it because it's tasty, but... Kashi says they're innocent. That's the FDA's fault for choosing to not regulate the term natural. They define natural as food that's minimally processed, made with no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners. But I guess it could still be robot made with genetically engineered fake non-food bullshit in it. And that's fine for, for the Kashi folks. Apparently the word organic is the one that is more strictly regulated than natural. So you gotta look for that word. Look for the word organic. And save your soul, because it's too late Man attacked by muggers gets incredible math skills. When Jason Padgett was attacked by muggers outside of a karaoke club in Tacoma, Washington a decade ago, he thought he was going to die. The attackers, who wanted his leather jacket, kicked him in the head repeatedly. Miraculously, he not only survived the attack but developed a mysterious mathematical gift as a result of it, ABC News reports. Everywhere he looks now, he sees complex mathematical formulas, like the Pythagorean theorem, for example. Every single little curve, every single little spiral, he says, every tree is part of that equation. He turns the formulas into intricate diagrams called fractals. According to the Daily Mail, Paget is the only person in the world known to have this skill. Prior to the mugging, he couldn't even draw. Now he's a beautiful mind. See, I one time in high school got uh, kicked in the head repeatedly. I was 
on the baseball team during the preseason for a month before I got kicked off for not being very good at baseball. And um, coach told me to go grab baseball bats out of somebody's bag and hit little grounders to people. Grabbed a baseball bat out of this one dude on my team's bag, Moasir Jones. And after practice, I put it back in. I guess I put it back in the wrong bag. After practice, Moasir Jones and his buddy Jomo Kenyatta came up to me. And uh, I was, it was a cold day. I had a parka on and a very heavy backpack. And they pushed me. And I, I, wanted, I wanted to push him back. But I felt heavy back because I pushed him back first. Pushed me again. I fell back. Heavy backpack kind of weighted me down. I was stuck. Couldn't get up. I was like a turtle on my back. And they started kicking me in the head. Repeatedly kicking me in the head. And um, I think my head, the back of my head is still a little bit like bumpy from it. And my buddy Tyler Lund, Mormon guy on the football team, I play with him. Can't, of course, my eyes see him comes diving in. Literally dove. Knocked both of them off me in one fell swoop. Pretty much saved my life. And I'm sad to report I have no super math skills from that. I still I use my my phone on my calculator. I can't even say that right. I use my calculator on my phone to do simple equations. It did not do anything to my brain positively, I don't think. Maybe it did. An 11-year-old pees on MacBooks in a story sure to bring smiles to PC users. <laughs> An 11-year-old Pennsylvania boy was caught peeing on dozens of MacBooks. Pen Live reports the full bladder assault resulted in over $36,000 worth of damage for Upper Allen Township Elementary School, the laptop's owner. The boy's a student in the school, believed he urinated on the computers after finding them unattended at the school. School officials labeled the damage as a total loss beyond repair, and Apple Care won't help. Apple Care is scared of urine. They they classify it as a biohazard. The boy, charged with institutional vandalism and criminal mischief, and just not being able to hold it. Jeopardy without Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek host. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek considering retirement. Please no, Alex. Please no. I'm just kidding, Alex. Who cares? We'll get new hosts, but we'll forget you were there after three days. I enjoy your show. Believe me. But I don't really care, Alex. Take 30 seconds on this side. Two dolphins overdose on heroin. What? According to a report by the Daily Mail, two dolphins at Connyland Zoo in Lipperswil, Switzerland, died following a weekend-long rave held at the zoo with a heroin substitute coursing through their systems. This is sad that dolphins passed away. But how, why are they doing heroin substitutes? Um... Apparently, the two dolphins, Shadow and Chelmers, had ingested buprenorphine, a drug often used to wean addicts off of the junk. It was probably given to them by clubbers during the rave. That sucks. Um, originally, people thought that the deaths of the animals was due to pulsating music at the techno gathering. Here's an idea for Condi Land Zoo. Don't have raves at your zoo. Do not have severely drugged out people having access to cages of animals. Because A, animals will die. B, it will really trip people out. Both bad reasons. Floyd Mayweather, in our second to last story, before we're out, Floyd Mayweather has a very strange entourage. Boxing champ Floyd Mayweather Jr. made a big entrance at his fight on Saturday, which affected my ticket sales in Vegas. The undefeated fighter enlisted rappers 50 Cent and Lil Wayne 
to walk in with him. And, wait for it, Justin Bieber. They were honorary members of his entourage on Saturday night at the MGM Grand for his fight against Miguel Cotto. Justin Bieber, really? They sat ringside taking festivities. Bieber carried in two of his belts. Mayweather beat Cotto in a 12-round unanimous decision. After the fight again, Bieber took the stage and was hugging him and celebrating with the bruised champ. TMZ reports the baby singer has become friendly with the hard-knuckle champion ever since he saw Bieber in Never Say Never. Bieber thinks Mayweather is a mentor who's really just, quote, a hard-working and clean-cut guy. Mayweather's about to spend a three-month stint in prison on domestic violence charges. Clean-cut, Justin Bieber, does not mean you have cleanly shaven your face. It means that you are a nice person, a clean-cut guy. I don't think domestic violence qualifies for that. And also, what is a heavyweight fighter doing seeing Never Say Never? I didn't want to go see that Dustin Bieber documentary. I thought it was beneath my manliness. Come on, Floyd. Get it together. And our last story. A spray that gets you instantly drunk? Hell to the yes. French-American scientist David Edwards has unveiled WAHH Quantum Sensations, a spray that causes brief intoxication with no after-effects, Gizmodo reports. Each dose consists of just 0.075 milliliters of alcohol. But according to Edwards, when aerosolized in the spray's unique mechanism, it's enough to make you feel fully intoxicated, though just for a few seconds. Once the effects wear off, you won't experience a headache, and you can even pass an alcohol test. Now, this thing only costs about $26. We'll soon hit European shelves. No word yet if an American release in the works. Please release it here. Please bring it to America. I want to get drunk instantly with a spray. We all do. Everybody listening is nodding their head saying, yes, I do too. Me as well. Great. Some of you might be running right now. You're running thing. I can't wait to get home and get drunk in instant spray. Only problem is 25 bucks is a little steep. 26 bucks, a little bit steep. Phone makes you drunk for a few seconds. Because here's what would happen. Ksh, ksh, ksh. I would spray the whole thing continuously for about three hours. I'd be drunk for three hours. I need a new bottle. And it'd be very expensive. I'd spend millions of dollars that I do not have. I would be in debt on spray alcohol. So maybe keep the product away from America because I will have a spray alcohol problem instantly. Many of us would. Um, I'm going to leave you guys this week with 1998's Beastie Boys song Intergalactic in honor of MCA who passed away. And um, cool lyrics, cool song. I've always enjoyed it. And thank you all for listening. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth.
to be When I'm a top guy style, I'm not too keen Try to change the world, I'm a plot and scheme Mario C likes to keep it clean I wanna shine like gay so deep Fun rapping cause that's my dream Change more deep for sticking to me This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.